0: Well, good morning, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. As you're turning there, you're familiar with fruit trees. As they enter the fall, fruit trees lose their leaves. And as the winter comes, the fruit trees appear to be dead. All through the winter, it's almost impossible from a distance to tell a dead tree from a dormant tree. Dead tree and a dormant tree, they look very similar in the winter. The evidence of which one is alive is almost indistinguishable at the lowest point of winter. But as we look at the dead tree and as we compare it to a dormant tree, as the spring pushes out the winter, the living tree starts to put on leaves. The living tree then starts to blossom and put on flowers. Those flowers eventually turn to fruit. The evidence that the tree is alive is seen when it starts to put on flowers, when it starts to put on leaves, and as it starts to put on fruit. That's the evidence of the tree being alive. As the fruit comes on, you can tell what type of tree it is, because of the fruit. The leaves may look similar, the branches, the trunk. There's a lot of similarities, especially if you aren't real well versed in the leaf of a fruit tree. But there's no hiding what type of tree it is once there is actually fruit and it starts to become ripe. As it is with the fruit trees, it is with our lives as well. My thesis, big picture for today, is that true saving faith in Jesus is evident in the fruit of our lives. That true saving faith is made evident. It's made manifest. It's visible. Everybody else sees whether or not we have saving faith by the fruit in our lives. Saving faith shows its fruit in our character, and our actions, and the outcomes of our life, while a dead and dormant tree also has its own fruit. Jesus says that bad trees produce bad fruit, and good trees produce good fruit. So as the spring brings evidence that the tree is still alive, the fruit starts to be put on, so does our testimony that we have a saving faith. That the fruit in our lives starts to be put forth, and other people see evidence that Jesus is working in our lives. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 15. Jesus says, Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles in the same way every good tree produces good fruit but a bad tree produces bad fruit a good tree can't produce bad fruit and neither can a bad tree produce good fruit every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so you'll know them by their fruit let's pray Lord, we ask that we would be people who recognize good fruit and bad fruit. We pray that we would be people who not only recognize, but also cultivate good fruit, that we appreciate good fruit. We encourage that in others. Lord, we would receive your word, Lord, as your direct instruction to us, the very words of your mouth to our ears. Lord, we pray that we would hear your word spoken through Jesus, And now the holy spirit would act in our lives that we would not be hearers but we'd be doers we would receive this as your word not as a gentle encouragement from jesus but as a way of living as a way of life knowing that we must either be good trees producing good fruit or bad trees producing bad fruit lord may you make us through your spirit good trees that produce good fruit for your kingdom and for your kingdom's sake lord we ask that as people will struggle on memorial day remembering the loss lord we ask that you would be the one to comfort them lord that we know that our hope on earth is but a vapor that our lives are coming and going Lord, that with every birth there's a death and lord memorial day and times like it are difficult so lord we pray that those who have lost someone that lord that this would be a time that they do remember the good that they remember the good times, they remember the good memories. And Lord, we ask that for those who know that their loved ones have gone ahead before them to enter your presence, that that would be their ultimate hope. That a hope on earth is temporary, it's fleeting, our lives are transitory, Lord, but you are the one who sustains us during this time and you are the one who calls us home in your timing. So Lord, may we recognize that all things are in your hands the life, the death, and everything in between. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Jesus here in Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 is continuing a thought he started in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, proper judging, proper recognition, proper measurement of the outward works of somebody that you have a log in your eye and trying to pick out the splinter in someone's eye. So judge and measure in the way that you want to be judged and measured. Jesus says to seek, to knock, to find, to strive for those good things. And now he's telling us how to guard against false prophets. And the best way to do that is through the fruit they produce. The life of someone, how they live, is evident by the fruit that they produce. So let's first look at how to recognize bad fruit. Bad fruit grows on a bad tree. That's a a metaphor that is about our lives. Out of a wicked heart grows wicked fruit. Out of a bad heart grows bad fruit. And Jesus is saying that the spiritually corrupt person will produce bad fruit. There's no other way around it. The good tree always produces good fruit, and the bad tree always produces bad fruit. The actions, the outcomes, the person's character is displayed by their fruit. And we see that in probably the best example is Judas. Judas walked with Jesus. He heard as many sermons preached as anyone He heard the very words of God spoken from the very mouth of God. And yet Judas was a traitor. Judas carried the money bags. He was their treasurer. And Judas stole money that was given to Jesus' ministry. It would have been better for Judas to have never been born. He's called the son of destruction But he walked with jesus and he talked with jesus and he lived like jesus but the fruit of judas's character came out and was finally made evident when he sold jesus to the pharisees who wanted to kill him judas was spiritually corrupt and produced spiritually corrupt fruit the bad fruit is the selfish and sinful and unrepentant works Of the flesh the flesh is set in contrast to the spirit we see that in Galatians where Paul says the works of the flesh are obvious he says things like sexual immorality moral impurity promiscuity idolatry sorcery hatreds strife jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambitions dissensions factions envy drunkenness carousing and anything similar This lifestyle is of the flesh, the flesh set apart from the spirit. These types of things may be the heart of someone who can appear for a time to be virtuous and to be kind and to have the appearance of good, but inwardly, as Jesus says in the passage, are ravaging wolves. You'll know them, you'll recognize them by their fruit. The fruits of the flesh produce bad fruit. These false prophets that Jesus describes come in, and they don't come in blatantly. They don't come in with an outwardness that says, I hate God. They come in looking like sheep, looking like people of God. But they're ravenous wolves that turn and eat the sheep as soon as it is in their best interest you'll recognize them by their actions you'll recognize them by their lives you'll recognize them by their fruit the fruits don't lie the fruit cannot lie jesus is clear that every tree is good or bad there's not a middle ground there's a time that every tree is bad and then some trees Through salvation in Christ, through a belief in Him, that were once bad trees producing bad fruit, become good trees that produce good fruit. And that is made evident by the actual fruit. If you don't evaluate the actions, you're left with evaluating the words. We know that actions speak louder than words, we know that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you don't evaluate the actions, you evaluate the words. And never has anyone said, you'll know them by their words. Because it's easy to say words. Talk is cheap. You can tell me anything, I can tell you anything. That doesn't make it true. The evidence is displayed in the actions. You won't know anything about someone if you're listening to their words, except what they want you to know. And these false prophets come in with words that claim they are sheep, but inwardly they are ravaging wolves. And Jesus is saying, be on your guard against these people. The early church had three tests to be able to determine a false prophet from a true prophet. And a prophet can mean one of two things in the Bible. It can mean someone who is foretelling the future, like these things have not yet happened, but I know these things are going to happen. Yeah, that's what we generally think of when we think of prophecy or a prophet, but it can also mean someone who is foretelling, who is just bringing forth the existing words of God. So foretelling meaning it's in the future, it has not happened, and foretelling just bringing forth the words of God. So the early church looked at these three things to determine if a prophet was truly a true prophet of God or if they were a false prophet. The first is their conduct. So the church would look at the conduct of someone who came to them and said, I'm a prophet of God, and the church would say, does his behavior, do his actions match what we know a Christian to be? What we know a prophet of God to be, does his behavior match? Does the conduct Does the fruit match what we expect it to be? That's the first, is the conduct. The second is his character. The early church, much like today, people would come in claiming to be of God, and the early church said, if someone is here for one day, or if they're here for two days, and they ask for money, we know they are a false prophet, because their goal and their priority is money. So the first was the conduct, the second was the character, and the third was the claim. If someone claimed something was going to happen, they just waited. If it didn't happen, false prophet. If it happened, maybe that's fruit. If they bring forth the word of God and say, thus saith the Lord, and it does not line up, false prophet. They went back to the word of God and said, does his character, does his conduct, do his claims match with what we know of God and we know a follower of Jesus should look like? I would add three things to that list that the early church looked at for today to recognize a false prophet. Jesus says you'll recognize them by their fruit. The first is contradictions. Much of the life of false prophets today have good words, but fruit of their life that doesn't match that. If you have to justify why you bought a $50 million jet, there's something wrong with actions that don't line up. There's contradictions here between that type of lifestyle. The second is control. Most false prophets want to have some kind of control over the narrative of what's happening. They want to be able to explain why their bad fruit is not actually bad, but it is really good. So they have to have control. And the third is corruption. False prophets today almost always come in to exploit the unwilling, the unwitting, the unknowing, and they exploit either for money or for some kind of sexual relationship. False prophets today are almost always looking for those two things. The fruit does not match what God says it should. The fruit is bad. The tree is bad. There's no good trees producing bad fruit, and there's no bad trees producing fruit good fruit you'll know the false prophets as they come in when their fruit is bad because their life is bad their heart is bad and against such things jesus gives this warning be on your guard be on your guard against this type of person paul expands on that and he says for such people in second corinthians are false apostles they are deceitful workers and they disguise themselves as the apostles of Christ. It's trickery. It's designed to fool someone who's looking at the outside and not looking at the conduct and the character and the actions of someone's life. There must be fruit that is showing what kind of tree, what kind of life that person is living. If you've played any bald sport, basketball, football, baseball, volleyball, You've probably experienced a time where the ball is either in or out, and your team wanted it to be in, but a referee or an umpire called it out, and the next play, justice was served. And almost always, some will say, the ball never lies. The ball goes, proverbially, and seeks its own justice. right, the ball that should have been in or should have been out, I was proven right on the next play because the ball never lies. Well, in this case, the fruit never lies. The fruit of someone's life does not lie. Good fruit means that there's a good tree. Bad fruit means that there's a bad tree. Vines and trees always produce what is their nature, good or bad. Thorns and thistles do not produce apples and oranges. They produce what is their nature. Corrupt hearts produce corrupt actions. Wicked hearts produce wicked actions. Sinful hearts produce sinful actions. Like root, like fruit. Ancient proverb, I did not write that. Like root, like fruit. It's easy. Whatever is growing is what you expect to continue growing. There's no hiding the fruit. The sinful, wicked, unreliable, corrupt heart always produces what it is. The fruit is a reliable indicator of sinful actions. It's a reliable indicator of the heart. The fruit is a measuring stick. You look at the fruit in someone's life and you can correctly identify a follower of Jesus from the claim to be a follower of Jesus. Without Jesus, all fruit is bad fruit. There is no good fruit produced apart from Christ. Good fruit is never produced in our lives because of who we are, the good nature that we have. Apart from Christ, we're all bad trees Producing bad fruit. Therefore, all fruit produced apart from Christ is bad fruit. So, to recognize these false prophets, Jesus says, Be on your guard and you'll know them. You'll recognize them by their fruit. But not all fruit produced is bad, there's also good fruit. So, how can we know bad fruit and contrast that with good fruit? Good fruit confirms a good tree. We know a good tree because of the fruit that we see. Good fruit can only and is only produced by those who know and believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, he was literally buried in a tomb, and he bodily and literally rose from the dead three days later. That is the only way that someone can produce good fruit. Once saved once given a new birth once given a new life made a new creation good fruit is then produced in the heart of that new creation so paul tells us how to recognize the fleshly works the bad fruit but he also tells us what the good fruit looks like in galatians 5 he goes on he says but the fruit of the spirit this is the good fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what we're looking for as we look to identify fruit in someone's life. We look at these things, this list, and say, I believe this person to be a Christian because I see the fruit in their life. I see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I see it, and I know what I'm looking for, and I can identify it because I see this fruit growing and ripening and developing in their lives. And it's good to look at what the fruit should be and then contrast it with its opposite. So love has its opposite in hatred, indifference, in apathy. So if someone is generally known as, known by these qualities, not just a one-time thing, nobody's perfect, but if this is how someone is known, they are known as someone who is generally hateful, they're generally apathetic, they're indifferent, especially to the salvation of someone else, they don't care, they don't have love love is a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. There are times in our life that we have sorrow, we have misery, and we despair. But if someone always is sorrowful, they're always miserable, and they're always in despair, they don't have joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy, the uh, fruit of the Spirit is peace. The opposite being conflict, turmoil, and discord you probably know someone who is always at the center of conflict. That person probably does not know the Lord. Someone who is always the opposite of peace, always fighting, always in conflict, always causing turmoil, does not have peace. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. The opposite, impatience, restlessness, hastiness. They're quick to act, they act foolishly, There's no ability to wait. They have to have something now at all costs, and they're always pushing it. They're always trying to get something now. Kindness. This is an easy one to see. If someone is cruel or malevolent or harsh, you know that. It it goes along with with gentleness and self-control. Because if someone is... Cruel, malevolent, they're harsh, they're brutal, they're impulsive, they're reckless. You kind of get a picture of that type of person. When you're around them, you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes they blow up at the smallest offense. They're always the kind of person that you're a little bit leery to be around because you don't know what's going to happen. They might be yelling at someone or fighting with someone just a few minutes from now. Those are not fruits of the Spirit. Faithfulness, the opposite being infidelity. A lot of people make mistakes, but if you're marked by someone, marked by infidelity, disloyal, betrayal, you know, these are good fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is, these are the things that Christians should be producing in their lives. Never perfect, but always striving to produce these good fruits of the Spirit in their lives. They're brought about by the Holy Spirit of God. No fruit, no spirit. No spirit, no fruit. If you are a bad tree, you produce bad fruit. If you have the Spirit of God, if you are saved in a new creation in Christ, you produce good fruit. Those who walk by the flesh carry out the desires of the flesh. They live according to the flesh. But those who walk by the Spirit live according to the Spirit. They keep in step with the Spirit and they live according to the Spirit. So if we walk and we keep step with and we are led by the Spirit, then we would expect that we will also display the fruits of the Spirit. As Christians, we have crucified the flesh. We have laid aside its passions and desires And now Christ, living in us, produces the fruit of the Spirit. But two things when we're thinking about that. The first one is that fruit takes time to develop. So may we be patient with new trees, young trees, trees that are just getting started, that don't always know what the right thing is. New trees need Deep roots, they need lots of tending, they need lots of care, they need nurture, they need water, they need fertilizer. New trees need to be gently nurtured and they need little pruning. So, as new Christians need deep roots, they need encouragement, they need love, they need care and concern, they need somebody to show them the fruits of the Spirit that they might model the fruits of the Spirit and they need little pruning. Take a a new Christian and dump all of the law on them. You can't, you can't, you can't. You must, you must, you must. And you're going to have a tree that's withered very quickly. So take and nurture the new trees and encourage them. When someone comes to faith in Christ, they need to be encouraged because they walk out of here and six and a half days a week, they're faced with the flesh. They need to know Here are the things of God. Here are the ways that a Christian acts. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me disciple you. Let me meet with you. Here's where you can start reading the Bible. We need to care about and nurture those young trees. And so as young trees need nurturing, old trees need to recognize that while literal old trees eventually stop producing fruit, There are no old trees in God's kingdom that stop producing fruit. I have an apricot tree that's, I don't know, probably 25 years old, and for the last two years, it has not really produced much fruit. But it's a big tree, and so we don't really wanna cut it down, but we also want it to produce fruit. So we don't know what to do. But in Christianity, there's no age at which a Christian stops producing fruit. Your physical abilities may wane, you may be able to do less, but your fruit does not become less. Those new trees, those people younger than you, and they need encouragement. They need someone to come and tell them, hey, I saw you out with your kid, and that kid was having a fit, and you were patient. Like, I know that must have been a difficult situation. He screamed, everybody turned and saw you, and they were watching you, and you were patient. Hey, good job being patient in a difficult situation. Young or old, everyone can encourage good fruit in the life of others. We can look at that list and say, how can I, as an old, mature tree, how can I reflect this to encourage and be gentle and be patient and be kind to other trees. There's never a time that mature trees stop producing fruit. And one other thing, I think it's easy to be suspicious and to always look at these bad trees and say, well, man, I got to watch for false prophets. I need to like, like looking like Okay, who's a false prophet? You know, it's like, we don't need to be suspicious. We need to be on our guard. I went through Paul's letters and looked at individually unique names and whether they were good fruit or bad fruit, whether they produced good or bad based on what Paul said. Out of Paul's letters, I found five people listed by name that produced bad fruit. They were bad trees. Demas, loving this present world, has abandoned and deserted Paul. And so did Phygellus and Hermogenes, both deserted Paul. Hymenaeus' teaching spread like gangrene, and Paul delivered him over to Satan. And then the fifth one, Alexander the coppersmith, did Paul great harm. And Paul said, the Lord will repay him for what he's done. Five people Paul listed as bad trees. The good trees, I stopped counting at about 80. I started to forget if I had seen the names before. And so just kind of like as a big picture, there will be bad apples. But not everyone is a bad apple. So be on our guard, but don't look suspiciously at everyone. The good trees, the good fruit, are much more common than are the false prophets. So as Christians, we should recognize the bad fruit We should know and recognize the good fruit. When we see the good fruit, we should encourage it in the lives of others. We should promote it. We should tell them. We should be specific about what we see that they might actually take it as encouragement rather than just, good job, but be specific. Tell them what they're doing well, what fruit you see in their lives. My question to you is, do others see fruit in your life? Are you producing fruit that is obvious and visible to others? Jesus says twice at the beginning and at the end of this passage, 16 and 20, you'll recognize them by their fruit. Do others recognize the fruit in your life? Are you known by the fruits of the spirit or the fruits of the flesh? and i would say 99% of us at church are known by the fruits of the spirit. So it's easy to say here and now we know each other as fruits of the spirit. Do these actions do this does this life does your character reflect the fruit of the spirit when you're around your coworkers or your family or someone that is walking in the flesh? when you're around those people walking in the flesh do you still display the fruits of the spirit do they recognize the fruits of the spirit in you so knowing the good knowing the bad how then do we produce good fruit well salvation takes a bad tree turns it into a good tree and jesus then describes his followers as branches off the main tree So Jesus being the main tree or the main vine, he calls it, we as his followers are just a branch off of that. We must stay connected to the tree. We have a cherry tree that's a couple years old, and cherry trees have long, thin branches that are pretty soft. They kind of sway in the wind. And my little girls eat everything that they can reach well before it's ripe. So there's like the, the bottom, like this high on the tree, there's no fruit of any kind. But then at a certain age, they realize they can grab the branch and they can kind of walk it down and they can just lay the branch down and they can eat the still not ripe cherries from the top of the tree. Well, I walked out this week and there was a big long branch. I meant to bring it, but I forgot. And it was laying on the ground, having been pulled and finally snapped off the tree and there were still red but unripe cherries all at the top of the tree or the at the branch that was now on the ground and the little ones were like can we just keep it and we'll eat them when they get ripe it's like no it's dead it's been disconnected it's been broken off it's been separated from the tree they no longer will grow they're dead the branch is dead the leaves are dead the cherries are dead There's no more growth happening. Jesus says it this way. He says, Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine, neither can you, unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. As Christians, we have to be connected to the vine, to the trunk. We're just branches. Our life comes from Christ. Our good works come from Christ. Our good fruit comes as a result of Christ in our lives. No tree produces good fruit apart from Christ. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Our lives aren't just Displayed as Christians by our good works. They're displayed as our Christians are displayed by our fruits of Christ working in us The evidence that we are Christians is Christ in us that the fruit of our lives Is good fruit Not because we're good people, but because we're connected as a branch to a good tree good fruit trees are never perfect but they consistently produce good fruit over time. Christians who are producing fruit show love, even when someone disagrees with them. Christians who are producing fruit show joy, even when times are difficult. Christians who are producing fruit seek peace. They're not in the middle of every argument. Christians who are producing fruit have patience and deal with problems calmly. Christians who are producing fruit are kind and they care for others, especially those who are in need. The Bible says the widows, the orphans, the alien living among you, the non-resident. Good fruit is shown in kindness. Christians producing good fruit live good lives and are generous. Their treasures are not on earth. Their treasure is in heaven. They're seeking first God and his righteousness, not their own kingdom. Christians producing good fruit are faithful, and they keep their promises both to God and to one another. Christians who are producing good fruit are gentle. They do not bully. They are not loud. They are not argumentative. They're not at the center of every disagreement and every fight. Christians producing good fruit have self-control. They are not impulsive. They are not quick to anger. Christians producing good fruit are sorry. They apologize. They try to make amends when they've done wrong. Christians producing good fruit are repentant when they sin. Christians producing good fruit read the Bible regularly, knowing that they have to stay connected to the source. Christians producing good fruit pray regularly and often to stay connected to the tree of life. Christians who are producing good fruit in their lives, having been connected and staying connected to Christ, through the Spirit of God, produce good fruit. Jesus had warned the Pharisees, who were certainly on the bad fruit, bad tree side of the equation, he warned them, he said, produce fruit consistent with repentance. Produce fruit consistent with repentance. If we are repentant people, recognizing that our sin separates us eternally from God— and having repented of that sin and put our hope in christ for eternity that he is the only one who can save us from our sins doing so on the cross produce fruit consistent with repentance produce fruit that shows you are a repentant person now it's easy to look at someone else and recognize the bad fruit in their lives that's what jesus talked about with the log and the splinter but look at your own life. Where do I lack? That's a question I've been asking myself this week. Out of that list in Galatians 5, where do I lack? Where am I not consistently producing fruit? It's an easy self-evaluation to say, I'm not as kind as I should be. I lack patience, and I lack patience sometimes. I'm, like, I was convicted that I need to be patient with my kids. I get frustrated. And then I take it out on them, and they don't deserve that. They need me to be patient. They need me to be kind and gentle. And so how do I lack? Where can I see that there is missing fruit in my life? How can I, taking what God says are the fruits of the Holy Spirit living in my life, and what can I pray about? Where can I improve? Where can I seek growth? Where am I lacking? You know, bad trees produce bad fruit. They're undesirable, they're unprofitable. Whether they're just in your backyard or they're on your farmland, if a tree's not producing, nobody wants it there. And I have two nectarine trees that fit that category perfectly. One was there before we bought the house and one I planted eight years ago. Between the two ridiculous trees, we've had probably eight nectarines in the whole time. And they've all been like misshapen and deformed. So last year, I went out and I whispered verse 19 to them. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. I thought like I'd encourage them with stern warning and rebuke. This year, not a single nectarine. So this year, well, gotta keep my promise. So we'll have two new trees replacing those two nectarine trees. You know, good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. The big picture with all of this is how Jesus bookends this passage. You will recognize them by their fruit. A tree that produces bad fruit is easily recognizable. It walks in the flesh. It lives for the flesh. It seeks to desire the things of this world. But those who walk by the Spirit, those who keep in step with the Spirit, those who are led by the Spirit, they bear good fruit. Jesus says to be on the guard against false prophets, but it's also good application for our own lives. Am I producing fruit? Am I producing fruit that's consistent with repentance? Do others see me and say, he or she is producing fruits of the Spirit. And then as we look at others, we're not just looking for the bad, but we're looking for the good and we're trying to encourage. And you are living a life that is producing this fruit of the Spirit. And I see it in this way. That we might encourage one another and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That we might be people that aren't just negative, but we also build one another up. That we see the good, we encourage the good, we care about the good, and that's something that we want. We want others to have fruit. Good fruit's desirable, good trees stick around. It's what we want. It's what God wants. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's bearing good fruit, doing what God has called us to do. And if we will recognize them by their fruit, and certainly others will recognize us by our fruit as well. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful that you use this passage to convict me in ways that I need to display the fruit of the Spirit living inside me. Lord, I pray that your word is Conviction, but it's also encouragement, that you would show us where we lack, that you would show us where we succeed, that we would be encouraged that we are not apart from you wandering around doing good works for our own glory, but be connected to the trunk, connected to the vine, do good works for you, for your kingdom, for the glory of Christ, that Christ in our lives might be as a mirror that we would reflect him, that the unbelieving world around us would see that we are different, that our fruit is produced for you, for your kingdom, for the glory of God, for the glory of Christ, that the Holy Spirit is living and active, working in our lives. And Lord, may we encourage that in others. May we encourage one another to continue to produce fruit And may you, through the Holy Spirit, continue to produce fruit in us. That our lives would be marked as people who are recognizable as followers of Christ because the fruit matches the tree. That our actions, that our character matches your word. That we are easily known as people who follow Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.